here, but I don't think we've uh, managed to crack it. So I'm sorry if it seems a little bit dim uh, tonight. I'm not talking about the preacher being dim, okay. But it is great to be um, together. I didn't see what happened there. Was Phil trying to break in? Was one of our national leaders trying to break into the bar? Sorry, is that on podcast? I'm, I'm talking about Phil Pye now, not John Partington. Phil mine's a pint of Guinness, okay. As we uh, conclude tonight, just a little bit of a recap for those who haven't been here and have not heard all the, um, the series. Phil's quite right in saying that, you know, it's, it's, it, it's certainly, I don't think in the time that I've been in Arena Church, we've ever done this. So it must be important. And the reality is there are some churches who, not being derogatory here, they do it all the time. This is what they do. We've gone darker now, Morgan. Okay, let there be light. Oh, okay. And uh, I th- we'll just leave it, Morgan, if it's not working. That's, that's absolutely fine. And, um, but we, we're, by God's grace, we seek to um, bring things that we believe that are on the heart of God. And so week one, we looked at uh, the, the importance of um, dreaming big. And uh, we'll make mention of that a little bit more. Uh, week two, Phil just worked through... Uh, sorry, it was actually week three, because how it was, there was an introduction. Week three was pray hard, which was how to persist. And then today, tonight, I'm going to be looking at the whole issue of thinking long. And so please, I'd, I'd like you to just give me your, your attention for a few minutes and... Um, I want to just lay this principle into every one of us tonight. Just as a way of introduction, there was um, the story of, a true story, on the island, Swedish island of Visingso, there is a mysterious forest of oak trees. You say, well, I have no idea where that island is. Well, neither do I, but it does exist. And um, there were these oak trees. It's mysterious because oak trees aren't indigenous to the island. And its origin was unknown for more than a century. In 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department reporting that their requested ship lumber was now ready. The Navy didn't even know it had ordered any lumber. After a little historical research, it was discovered that in 1829, the Swedish Parliament, recognising that it takes a lot of oak trees... uh, Sorry, it takes oak trees a long time to grow, 150 years to mature. And anticipating a shortage of lumber at the turn of the 21st century, they ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted on the island and then protected by the Navy. That is one illustration of thinking long. For the record, the lone objector was the Bishop of Strangnas. He didn't doubt that there would be still wars to fight at the end of the 20th century, But he was the only one who anticipated that ships might be built of other materials by then. You see, we need to be people that think long. It's no good at just looking at in terms of praying and praying hard and dreaming big. We need to lay this principle into our lives about thinking long. You see, one dimension of thinking long is thinking different. And prayer is the key to both. See, prayer doesn't just change circumstances. But more importantly, it changes us. It doesn't just alter external realities, but it also alters 
internal realities so that we see with spiritual eyes. It gives us a clearer vision. It corrects our short-sightedness and enables us to see beyond our circumstances, beyond ourselves, and get this, beyond time. You see, it's not enough to dream big and pray hard. It's not enough. You need to also think long. If you don't, you'll experience high degrees of discouragement. The times when I've spoken to people pastorally who've been incredibly discouraged is usually by things like, I pray to God and I've been praying to God and God hasn't been answering my prayers. Now again, I'm not belittling what's going on in your circumstances and I understand we want to see a breakthrough, but if we will not embrace this principle of thinking long, we will, degre- we will experience huge discouragement and disappointment. Why? Well, because we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year. I'm the eternal optimist. I always believe that if a job can take, in, should take a day, I always believe I can do it in an hour. I just, it's just how I work. It's just I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. And so often I will you know, overestimate what I can actually accomplish. And oftentimes, personally, I've overestimated what we can actually accomplish in a year. But the other side to this is we then tend to underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. You see, when we set about, um, when Phil arrived at Arena Church, Phil and Sharon, very quickly the leadership determined that we just needed to Hear the heart of God. And it took us about nine months to really discern the heart of God of what what God called us to be. We didn't want to copy anybody, um, their their mission and vision statement. We didn't want to to even be influenced by those great churches that they are with a great vision. We wanted to get God's heart for us, which set us on a journey. And one of the things that we we began to, to look at in that journey was what does God want us to do in the next 10 years? You see, we weren't looking at just the one year. We weren't looking at three years. We were saying, what could God do with our lives in 10 years? What I've realized the older I've got is actually 10 years when I was 18 seemed so, so long. Now, soon to be 41, I now realize that actually that 10 years just goes like that. Anybody hearing me tonight? It just feels like it just goes like that. Some of you younger ones over here, they're looking like dumb looks now at me. They're just glazing over thinking, are you for real? Andy, you got in with the younger guys then when I was just saying it. By default, actually. Um, But um, everybody else got it. But these guys over here were just glazing over. I want to tell you, the older you get, the the more you realize, actually, 10 years just goes like that. But we need to have a mentality that thinks long. Yeah. Nudge your neighbor at the side of you and say, think long. Think long. Think long. See, the bigger the vision, the harder you'll have to pray. And the longer you'll have to think. But if you keep circling, it will come to pass. I want to introduce a character, character to you tonight. And his name is Daniel. And Daniel is found in the Old Testament. There's a book 
that was written around his life and his exploits. And um, Daniel was known for many things. But one of the things that he was known for was being a man of prayer. And I want to just take the reading tonight from Daniel and chapter 10 and verses 12 and 13. And in the next few moments that we have looking at the text and getting behind the text, I want us to see how Daniel had a not only dream big, not only a pray hard, but also a think long mentality. So let's read it together, shall we? From verse 12. It reads, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourselves before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, sorry, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, chief princes, sorry, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. Can you imagine having a conversation with your guardian angel? It will be one of the most revealing conversations when we get to heaven, I'm sure. But Daniel got to have just a short conversation on this side of the space-time continuum. For some of us... It will be an awfully long conversation because we kept our angel awfully busy. That is certainly true of Daniel. I can't help but wonder if they had a little side conversation about what was actually happening and going on in the, the den of the lions. But the angel came to Daniel and says, do not be afraid. And then the angel reveals a reality that we must understand without sounding spooky. Without a sounding out there, it's in the scriptures, we must understand this. And there's a lot of people at the moment, they either go overboard on the spiritual side of things, or they underplay the spiritual things. And one of the things that we want to do at Arena Church is hold a balance of both. Are you hearing me tonight? And so let's look at this from a balanced approach. You see, there is a... The angel is revealing the reality of a spiritual realm in a way that is seen nowhere else in scripture. We know that our struggle and our wrestle, the Bible says, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, is not against flesh and blood, but is actually against spiritual principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And this encounter that Daniel is just having fleshes this out. The angel is revealing the importance of praying through. The angel reveals the spiritual warfare that is being waged beyond the curtain of our consciousness. The angel reveals the way the prayers are processed. I need to just pause for a moment for us to understand this. And as I was preaching this this morning, I didn't get to this. But I want to say that beyond the curtain of our consciousness... There is a world that is in operation and it is an invisible world. And I am not, don't need locking up, I'm not in la-la land. That is the reality. There is a battle that is going on for this town and for for this area, for this region and for this nation and for the nations of the world. And it's not waged as we would wage war naturally, 
but it's waged in the spiritual realms. That is why it is so significant when we gather 68,000, 80,000 Christians last weekend at Wembley to pray. What are they praying for? They are praying into the nation and into the nations of the world. That is why it's so important that when we come together on days of prayer, we understand what we're entering into. We're entering into a battle. We're contending for the spiritual. And this is what Daniel, this is what was being revealed to Daniel. You see, Daniel's prayers, Daniel was expressing these words through his vocal cords. And it wasn't until the 21st day that he experienced a breakthrough. Heaven heard the first prayer that was prayed. But it wasn't until the 21st day that there was a breakthrough in prayer. Because there was spiritual oppression and opposition that was happening. We must understand here in Mansfield that we are not just here singing nice songs tonight. There is something that we declare in the heavenly realms as we praise and worship God. Even as I've stood here, there's something that is happening in the heavenly realms. The enemy hates what we're about. That is why he hates what you are about on Monday. Because he wants to silence you and he wants to shut your mouth. He doesn't want you to praise God. Why do you think most Sundays people say to me, we've just had a terrible argument, me and the wife. And it always happens when? On Sunday. And I'm not getting all free, but it's just something that happens. There is a resistance. And we must understand it. Tomorrow, you need to know that there are Things that are in operation that do want to stop you. That is why we need to be people that raise the praise. That is why we need to be people that continue to praise through our circumstances. Because something begins to happen. And Daniel was understanding this. It was being revealed to him because there was a contention that was going on. I can't help but ask this question. What if Daniel had quit praying? On the day, on day 20. And just thought, it ain't going to happen. What would have happened? Because he says on the 21st day there was a breakthrough. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you prayed for quite some time? You thought, this is just not happening. You just quit praying. You're probably one day from your victory. Probably one day from your breakthrough. You see, what would have happened if the children of Israel would have walked around Jericho walls and thought, oh, we're not walking around one more time. The walls wouldn't have come down. What if Elijah, who got on his, on his knees and prayed for rain, what if he hadn't continued to pray? What would have happened? Well, possibly no breakthrough. And the same with us. We need to continue to pray hard and think long. So we see here a spiritual A spiritual illustration of what was happening in the heavenly realms. But I also want us to understand something here. And I want to just take again Daniel as the illustration because Daniel had a brilliant mind. He really did. He was a renaissance man 2,000 years before the renaissance actually happened. And he had an unusual aptitude, the Bible tells us, for wisdom and understanding and philosophy and for science. He was an incredible mind. He could explain riddles could solve problems, unlike anyone in his generation. In fact, he just reminded me of Phil Pye. He was just outstanding in every way. 
No one could interpret and understand dreams like Daniel. But the thing that set him apart wasn't his IQ. But it was his PQ. His prayer quotient. His persistent quotient. You see, Daniel prayed circles around the greatest superpower. Because this is what he was in. He was in Babylon. And he was praying into one of the greatest superpowers of the day. And if you imagine some great superpowers, some great spiritual things that are happening in the world today. This is what Daniel was up against. And he was praying circles around those things that were not right. And because he got to his knees, he brought kings and kingdoms to their knees. Daniel didn't just pray when he had a bad day. But he prayed every day. He didn't just dial up 999 prayers. And we've all prayed them. And he prayed them as well. I'm sure he prayed long and hard when he was in the, the, you know, the, 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 the place where all the lions were. But prayer was part of the rhythm and routine of Daniel's life. Prayer was his life. And his life was a prayer. I'm sure Daniel prayed with a greater degree of intensity right before he was thrown into the lion's den. But listen to me. That intensity was the byproduct of his consistency. He approached every situation, every opportunity, every challenge... And every person prayerfully. And it was that prayerful posture that led to one of the most unlikely rises to power in political history. How does a prisoner of war become the prime minister of the country that took him captive in the first place? Only God. Only God. And it came as a result of Daniel understanding the power of Prayer. You see, prayer invites God into the equation. And when that happens, all bets are off. If any of you are betting, man, I'm telling you, you can bet what you want, but when you invite God into it, all bets are off. Because with God, anything can happen. And anything is possible. It doesn't matter whether we're in the changing room, in the boardroom, in the classroom. It doesn't matter whether you practice law, medicine, or music. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you stop, drop, and pray, then you never know where you'll go, what you do, or where you'll meet. Again, I want you to nudge the neighbor and say, stop, drop, pray. Stop, drop, pray. This plays out for me. In most days, because of how my temperament is, I tend to think that I can sort most things. Well, I used to believe that when I was much younger. Now I'm becoming a little bit wiser, if I can say this, you know, without sounding conceited, but a little bit more savvy in terms of those areas. But my temperament is to be, you know, a bit of an activist and wanting to sort things out. What I quickly realized is, actually, I can't sort everything out. And my wife has helped me with that. Because I would say statements like, we just need to solve this. And even recently, we were in a situation, and the situation was, I've got to get my hands on this. And Caroline reminded me again, it's not your issue to get your hands on this. This is God's project. This is God's issue. And it's not yours. What was she encouraging me to do? Stop drop and pray. 
Stop, drop and pray. So this plays out for me very often in my office when people sometimes knock at the door. There could, there could be a delay in my response and people think I've dozed off. I haven't. Now if I can say this, that often you'll find me, you won't, because it's in the quietness of my place, but I'm often on my knees. Just with a particular situation saying, God, I have not got a clue what we need to do here, but I'm doing exactly this. I am stopping, I'm dropping, and I'm praying. It works out in me when I go to the convent, when those days of prayer, I get desperate to just be in, in that place because I recognize that actually it's in the, pra- the privacy of prayer where things begin to happen. Yeah. I want to encourage you, wherever you may be, if that's in your van going to work, if that's in your car going to work, if it's you know at home once you drop the children off at school, if it's in the office, in the factory, whatever the context of your life, I want to encourage you to use this principle. Stop, drop, and pray. God doesn't want us to try and solve everything ourselves. He wants us to have a dependency upon Him. You see, as we stop, as we drop, and as we pray, we are actually saying, God, I am utterly surrendered to You. I am utterly surrendered to Your purposes in my life. You see, Daniel... Was exactly that. The other interesting thing about note about Daniel is that he understood the principle of not just stopping and dropping and praying and just, but he had a, a, a think long mentality. Because it's interesting to note that he was captive in Babylon, but he talks about in Daniel in chapter six how Daniel would go and open his window that faced east towards Jerusalem. And what did he do three times a day? Stopped, dropped, and prayed. Now it's interesting to note that Daniel understood clearly that he was never going to see Jerusalem rebuilt in his day. And he was never going to see it with his own eyes because he was in captivity. But he was still determined to think long. You see, even though he knew full well that he may not have seen it in his lifetime, he was committed to it for the generations to come. I said before this morning, it may be that you've been dreaming for thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and I with you am dreaming of thousands and tens of thousands, dare I say hundreds of thousands, and may I go even further, millions of people to come to faith. But it might not be we who are going to see it, but it's our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, that are going to see the fulfillment of God. You see, unfortunately, I am going to digress from here. We've lived with this mentality that Jesus is going to come back any day. It's all over God channel. I'm going to be really edgy now, Phil, so I'm very sorry. It's all over God channel. It's all over God channel. The Bible's very, very clear. This gospel needs to be preached in all the world. Then the end will come. And there are literally billions of people who have never heard the gospel preached. They're still finding tribes. So until the gospel is preached to all those people, the end is not about to come. I don't want to burst your bubble tonight. Actually, I do. I've got the biggest knife and I'm going to pop your balloon. We need to live with a readiness that God could come anytime. That means we make sure our lives are pure and right before God. But we also have our eyes upon thinking long. And that has been the problem of the Pentecostal church. Because we've lived this with reality that Jesus is going to come back any moment. And so we don't do anything about anything. 
We don't prepare long. We don't prepare the next generation. I, for one, am committed to thinking long. I'm thinking long-term in terms of Mansfield. It wasn't in my thing here. And we will give further information with regard to the building and all that we're trying to do there. Why are we trying to lay up a building? It's actually for the guys who are coming up now before us. They're going to have a building there that will be mortgage-free by God's grace. That they can go get it in Jesus' name. Phil and I's job and the other leaders is just to make it a little bit easier for those guys. That's what we're about. Just to make it a little bit easier for those guys to really have a great start in life. That is my aim. I really believe that more and more. I know this man's passion is to raise up young leaders who will go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. What is Phil doing? Thinking long. Daniel was thinking long. He was thinking long. He wasn't just thinking here and now. He was thinking long. Drawing prayer circles often feels like a long and boring process. And it's frustrating when you feel like you've been circling forever. Have you ever been in a place where you start to wonder if God really hears? Be honest now. If God really cares? Sometimes his silence is deafening. Friend, I want you to know I've been there. I felt like the silence of God has been utterly deafening. And the more I've stamped my feet and shouted, the more he's been quiet before me. You see, what is he wanting to lay within us? A persistence, a consistency in prayer. That cancer, that wayward child, that dream. You may feel like your prayers don't seem to be making a difference. So what do you do? My advice is you stop, you drop, and you pray. And if necessary, adopt the principle of Daniel that three times a day you pray. Why don't you do it? Morning, afternoon, evening. And commit these things to God every single day. Circle those people and those issues in prayer. Because if you don't, what else are you going to do? Where else are you going to turn? What other options do you have but to pray through? Where else can you go? When Jesus said to him, they said, are you going to leave me? They said, where else can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. What other option do we have here tonight? Where else have you got to go? I've used this theme. It's been bubbling in me, actually, from something that Phil did in the book of Galatians. But why would we go back? What, where did we come? What would we want to go back to that kind of lifestyle? Some of you have got wretched stories. You, you want to go back to that? That caused you misery? That caused you pain? That caused you difficulty? Where else have we got to go? We want to keep moving forward. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You see, we live in a culture that overvalues 15 minutes of fame and undervalues the lifelong faithfulness. I think we may have it backwards. Just as our greatest successes often come on the heels of our greatest failures, our greatest answers often come on the heels of our longest and most boring prayers. But if you pray long and boring prayers, your life will be anything but boring. 
Your life will turn into a spiritual adventure it was destined to be. It won't always get to where you want to go, but it will get you through. It really will. In Jesus' name. Daniel understood the need, the need, the need to think long. I'll just throw it, just for a a couple of minutes. The other thing that Daniel understood was the need to fast. It's like a double punch, combination punch for boxers. The only way I can describe it is this. We've all been, or most of us, or some of us, may have been to an airport. And often there, there's a walkway. And as we're walking through, you then see these people go by you really quickly. You think, oh, they've got by, and they're on an escalator. And they're walking, but it's just going like this sort of speed, yeah? And you think, what's this all about? It's like fasting. Prayer for me is like we're just on the walkway, just walking through. But if you want to get quickly to where we need to get to, get on the escalator, baby. You're going to go in double time. And that's what fasting does. There's something that happens as we begin to fast. It's a principle that we need to lay into our lives regularly. Trying to do it more and more and more. We were getting no breakthrough at all with regards to this community building. But as we began to pray and fast through the month of August, it all began to release. And now we've got the keys. I want to encourage you with Mansfield Building this month, if some of you would just take it on your heart to not only pray, but also to fast. Pray fast. Pray fast. Pray fast. Fast. I'm telling you, we'll get to where we need to get to much quicker. There's people who need to pray fast. Understand some of you medically, you have to be careful. So be careful. Do a Daniel fast. Daniel didn't cut out food. He cut out the choice food. He ate fruit and vegetables. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Lord. I'd rather just fast. I told you before, what? Give me meat. <laughs> Daniel fast was where he cut out the choice delicacies, meats, and he would have fruit and vegetable and water. There was no choice wine. That's a Daniel fast. Some guys, some of the younger guys have seen great results in their youth ministry and all that's happening there. And they've been having media fasts. I, I get that actually, a media fast. Some of you are not too much into your phones or whatever. I am. To put that phone down is a big deal. To put that iPad down is a big deal. Now, some of you are looking at me now. You guys are glazing over and they've come alive. (laughs) I tell you. And so what they've determined to do, they said, you know what? Instead of on the internet watching, we're going to pray. We're going to fast from that. You may say, well, is that in the Bible? It's, it's, it's actually the whole thing is actually just causing that thing not to rule over your life. You're just, re, you know, restraining from it. You're going to give yourself to God for that period of time. There's some great things that have been happening as they've been doing, as they've been doing that. Can I encourage you just as a way of an incur- in, 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 you know, encouragement to not only pray, but also to fast. Jesus was presented with a problem from his disciples there was an evil spirit that they couldn't sort out. And Jesus sorted this situation out and they said, why has this happened? And Jesus said to them, this type can only come out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. There's something that happens 
as we begin to pray and as we begin to fast. Drawing prayer circles is a lot like climbing a mountain. The dream or purposes or miracle may seem impossible. But if you keep circling, anything is possible. With each prayer, there is a small change in elevation. With each prayer, you are one step closer to the answer. And the harder you climb, the sweeter the summit. The same is true with prayer. The more you have to circle something in prayer, the more satisfying it is spiritually and often the more glory God gets. Too often we approach prayer in like the ASAP kind of fashion. We want God to answer our prayers as soon as possible and we need a paradigm shift. God often does come through with as soon as possible and they're instantaneous. But there's some other prayers that we need to persist. And believe God, we have a girl, who, who, a girl, a lady who heads up all our food bank and furniture in our community stuff. Her name's Lisa. And she is just absolutely convinced that if she can get a prayer request to the Tuesday staff, God will answer her prayers. Every time she comes and says, will you please pray for this? We have a testimony one week, two weeks, three weeks. Like literally, that God has changed it about. So she is convinced that me and Phil and the team are just spiritual giants. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. But the reality is we need to be people that pray. And sometimes God will answer in a quick fashion. But there are other times when we need to take the attitude of we are going to pray. Listen to me. As long as it takes. As long as. As it takes, we are going to pray. We are going to pray because we are going to think long. Prayer, pray that it will take long enough and, and be hard enough for God to receive all of the glory. Don't look for the path of least resistance. Look for the path of greatest glory. And that requires the high degree of difficulty prayers and lots of prayer circling. I want to say to you, very rarely does our first prayer hit the bullseye of God's good, pleasing and perfect will. Most prayer requests have to be refined. Even the prayer that saved a generation didn't hit the bullseye first. Remember, take you back to week one and week two and week three where we introduced the story of Honey, the circle maker. And Honey refined his request twice. He said, not for such rain have I prayed. He wasn't satisfied with a sprinkle or a torrential downpour the size of eggs. It took three attempts to spell out exactly what he wanted. The reign of your favor, blessing and graciousness. How he drew a circle in the sand. And then he drew a circle within a circle within a circle. What promises or miracles, or dreams, are you willing to pray for as long as it takes? You see, some dreams should be so big that they take a lifetime to fulfill. As I close, I want to just encourage you. I actually believe, try to just come before the Lord and say, Lord, why was this book so 
important to me and why was it so, did I feel it so important for Arena Church to hear? I want to tell you, we introduced this language on purpose of drawing circles, of encouraging you to dream big, to pray hard and to think long. Because very often, many of us, because of how we've been raised and where we've come from, we live with lids and limits. You've heard me talk about it before, lids and limits. And God wants to say to us tonight, and God has been saying to us over the last few weeks, that he wants you to dream big. He wants you to pray hard. And he wants you to think long generationally. Why can't it happen for you? Why can't it happen for me? Why can't it happen for us? See, bold prayers honor God. Because God honors bold prayers. One of the hearts cry from my life. And I will finish with this. And I don't think you actually do think I'm crazy. I think some people in Ilkeston think I'm absolutely bonkers, actually. I could feel like I could break out into a song right now. You know that song? Some people think I'm crazy. Some people think... Bonkers. You know, anyway. Sorry. They're glazing over again, guys. Okay. I really am just impassioned at the moment. And it's not hype. It's nothing like that at all. But I am believing. I'm seeing. Thousands. Tens of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Millions saved. I asked Phil this morning, I said, how many? I thought it was about 4 million in the East Midlands. He said it's over 6 million people that I guess live within a 45-mile radius, 40-mile radius. 6 million people. I'm not suggesting that Arena Church is going to be the only church. I don't believe that at all. There's going to be hundreds of great God-glorifying communities that are being raised up that God's using. And we're going to be one of those. But I want to encourage Arena Church to play its part in in seeing the ingathering of this great harvest. The fields are wide unto harvest. But instead of us dreaming for just 20, let's begin to raise your sight and say, God, do 50. For those who are dreaming for 50, say, God, I'm dreaming for hundreds. For those who are dreaming for hundreds, I mean it tonight. God, I'm going to believe for thousands. And for those who are believing for thousands, God, I'm going to believe for tens of thousands. And for those who are going for tens of thousands, I'm going to believe for hundreds of thousands. There's still still others who have said, I really could see hundreds of thousands. I want to encourage you to believe for millions. This is why I say I think some people could think I'm bonkers. But I actually believe that that is what God is wanting us to do. I'm seeing it like Abraham. I'm seeing it from afar. I'm seeing it from afar. I'm wanting to think long. I'm wanting to lay a foundation with our children and young people. I'm wanting to believe for new converts to come to faith. And thinking generationally. I'm not just got my eye on young people, but I've got my eye on other people who are older. Who've been praying long prayers. Because of your faith journey. Believing for thousands to be saved. Believing for dozens of churches to be planted from Arena Church. I want to tell you, we're going to plant dozens of churches. Dozens. They'll be way beyond me and Phil will be zimmering it and... Slippers and pipe, well, probably not the pipe, but uh, 
No, I'm not, I'm not too fussed about the slippers either. But you get the thought. And if I can say some of you guys will be long gone, you'll be in glory. But you'll be laying a foundation. I'm trying to help you to understand what's on. You're laying a foundation even now. So when you come on a Sunday, it's so important that you come. It's so important that you pray. Because you are laying a prayer foundation in the soil for generations to come. Kids, grandchildren, great-grandchildren who are going to serve the purposes of God. Communities transformed and changed by the power of God. Julie, would you just, just jump? Yeah, thank you. At the end, on the resource hub, there'll be some, some life, setting life goals. And um, you may say, well, thinking long, I'm not quite sure that I have a goal. I want you to just take one of these and just have a read of it. Just pray over it. Ask the Lord to help you. Because I really believe that one of the things in thinking long for me was that we, Caroline and I, a number of years ago, began to establish some goals of what we wanted to do with our lives. And some of those are really, really a bit out there, actually. They're just fun. They're just good, to us, good for us. But there's some, some other things where I've said, you know what, I don't want to live my life just coasting by. I challenged a young guy this, this morning, just as I came out, I said, I won't say his name, I said, please, promise me, promise me you'll just give God all your days. You'll give him 